Well, good morning. Never realized how long that intro video is. That's an eternity standing up here waiting for it to stop. I want to thank you for being here this morning. Obviously, I'm not Pastor Tool, as some of you have already figured out. Uh, my name is Pastor Dan Grant. I'm the youth pastor here at the church. Uh, that is an introduction and also a disclaimer uh, for the rest of the message. Youth pastor, remember that as we go through the message uh, this morning and show some grace and mercy. Uh, it's been a great week, and I'm glad that everybody is here with us today. Thank you all for being a part. I actually have uh, some special guests here uh, today. My mom is here with us today. And just to go ahead and answer two questions uh, that some of you are just dying to ask her, no, I have not always been this way, and yes, I get it honest. Okay, I'll go ahead and answer both those questions right now. Uh, and then my sister is here with her husband, uh, and they have their little uh, daughter, my niece Renee, in the nursery. She's the one that looks like a QP doll. And so uh, it's been a fantastic week just to be able to fellowship with family and uh, just to encourage each other. Uh, church, I, I do want to take a minute and just thank you um, for pastor, giving Pastor the opportunity to take this time. Um, walking with him over the last few years, uh, you just you see more and more. The more you walk with him, the more you see. And even preparing for this, it kind of gave me some insight in just a little bit in, into kind of what he goes through as he prepares, that life doesn't stop, that it continues moving forward, and as he's preparing for a message, you know, things happen, and, and there's so many filters that you have to think through when you're uh, presenting a message. You're like, well, I can't say that, and okay, yeah, I do that, and then that person might be there, and so I got to be careful about this, and, and there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of pressure with that, and uh, for him to be with us for 25 years, uh, to carry that weight on a week-by-week -week basis, thank you for giving him the opportunity to be away and and I know it, it has probably uh, been an ordeal for him to disconnect and to be gone, um, but I know that he needed it, and, and I want to thank you for giving him the grace and the mercy to do that. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6 this morning, Luke chapter 6, and I have really enjoyed all the speakers that we've had over this course of the six weeks. Uh, each one of them has brought some truth, something that we needed to hear from God's Word, and now we're at the bottom of the barrel, and, and so I'm going to close that out with, and, and, and Pastor Heath Spivey did a fantastic job last week, almost, almost teeing up what, what I had prepared to talk about this week, grace and truth. Grace and truth is so needed. Uh, we as Christians, as we interact with fellow Christians, with the world around us, need to be uh, pouring out grace. We need to be showing grace in every situation we possibly can, but I think one of the biggest uh, uh, disabling factors in our ability to show grace is our ability to show mercy. Because a lot of times our lack of mercy, our unmerciful nature, stops us from showing the grace we need because we almost, it, it's a blocker. Uh, we've been given a lot of mercy. Uh, I'm using M&Ms to illustrate mercy this morning because there's an M on them for mercy, okay? And that's why there's an M on them. Uh, Throw out all the E's and the W's, and so all these M's represent mercy. Some of you guys are going to get that in a minute. Okay, it's a little early, but here we go. So we added these M&Ms, and they illustrate mercy, and we've got a lot of mercy. And I used this jar. I thought it was very fitting. I thought it was a resemblance of myself, just kind of stout and, and full of M&Ms. And so, uh, it, but the problem is that that mercy that we have, we've got a lid placed on it uh, because there are things that stop our mercy, mercy faster than anything else. Wrongs that have been leveled against us and insults or, or this person did that. And as soon as that happens, we clamp a lid on our mercy. And by clamping a lid on our mercy, we clamp a lid on our grace. By, by, by not absolutely refusing to show the mercy because of the, the injustice that's happened to us, we then handicap the, our ability to show grace. And so I want to walk through this morning in our text 
what the Bible says, what Christ says about adopting a mission of mercy. Mercy, by definition, is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Let me say that again. It's compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So essentially, I've got something on you, and I could let you have it, but instead I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to show that compassion or forgiveness. By the way, it's also not declaring that you're going to do that too. It's just the natural response, showing that compassion or forgiveness. Uh, a lot of people say mercy is not getting what you deserve or not giving someone what they deserve. And I believe that those people that have the greatest need of grace in our lives also have the greatest need of mercy. Let's look at our, our text and what it means to adopt a mission of mercy. Let's, let's look at verse 36. Be therefore merciful as your Father is also merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, you'll, you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with, what, for with the same measure that you will meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Let's pray this morning. Father, we do love you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word. And for many of us, the mercy to be in this room. The opportunity that you've given us time and time again to come running back to you as such a good father you are. The mercy you show us on a regular basis, Lord, help each of us analyze ourselves, analyze us, and look and see where we're withholding mercy from someone who needs it the most. And Lord, help us to be merciful just as you are merciful. In your son's precious and holy name I pray, amen. Five days before Christmas of 1943, Lieutenant Charlie Brown, that's not a joke because his actual name, Lieutenant Charlie Brown was flying his B-17 over uh, occupied Germany. Uh, he was flying with nine other airmen and uh, they were on their very first bombing run. The 21-year-old 20, out of West Virginia had just arrived over to the European theater and, and while they were uh, thrilled and ready to jump in the fight, they also knew uh, what a bombing mission, what that run could very well mean for their lives. And time and time again, how B-17s were shot down as they were making their bombing runs. Well, uh, for their particular mission, it was no different than many others. Uh, as they flew over the target, anti-aircraft gun uh, peppered the sky, and, and after they were able to make their initial run and, and began turning and heading back towards Allied airspace, that's where squadrons of Messerschmitt fighters began to descend and, and pepper them and shoot them down out of the sky, and, and so many B-17s went crashing to the earth. Uh, pilots and crews killed, some uh, captured and taken prisoner, and and after their bombing run, Lieutenant Charlie Brown and, and eight of his crewmen, one was killed during the fighting, uh, were on their way back to Allied airspace, but it didn't look like they were going to make it. Uh, their B-17 was shot full of holes. One of the engines was almost completely destroyed, another on fire, so only two out of the four engines were actually operating, actually running. Uh, his crewmen were going back and forth trying to tend to the wounded as best they could and then uh, trying to patch things in the bomber as best they could, just trying to make it back to Allied airspace. They were no longer a, a fighting vessel. They were just trying to stay alive. And as they're flying across, they knew they still had to fly over the German anti-aircraft lines before they got into Allied space. Uh, to his horror, Lieutenant Charlie Brown looked over the left side of the plane and recognized that a Messerschmitt fighter, one of the last that remained, had taken up position 
to strafe them again, uh, possibly ending their lives, possibly sending them crashing down uh, to the earth. uh, Lieutenant Charlie Brown knew that if they were not all killed in the air, that once they landed on the ground in the dead of winter, if they weren't uh, shot on on sight, they would be taken to a prisoner of war camp and they would probably die there. Either way, death was imminent because there's no mercy in war. There's fighting, there's enemies, and there's uh, uh, good guys versus bad guys, whichever the side that you're on. But in the cockpit of the Messerschmitt fighter, we have Lieutenant Franz Stigler. Now, Lieutenant Franz Stigler is a decorated war hero with 27 confirmed kills, an ace fighter pilot. Uh, And as he is uh, lining up for that final strafing run, he knew what his orders were. His orders were to destroy every Allied bomber. Don't let a single one get away. Because every Allied bomber that gets away will come back the next day with more bombs. Uh, That Allied bomber had uh, destroyed parts of his homeland and probably killed uh, people that he knew and and was wreaking havoc on on Germany. And his mission was clear. No mercy. uh, No survivors. uh, Absolutely destroy everyone because of what they are doing to us. And a lot of times we live life like Franz Stigler. We look at our, the people around us and even declare them our enemies or say, do you realize what they have done to me? And so because of what they have done to me, I cannot show mercy, I cannot show forgiveness, I cannot show for kindness because of the horrible injustice they have done to me. We place a lid on our mercy. And it could, be, it could be family members, it could be co-workers, it could be random individuals, it could be other people in our life that we have the opportunity to show mercy, but we say, no, 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 not because of that injustice, I will not show mercy. Christ takes a different stance. He takes a different stance and he says, no, 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 we're on a mission of mercy. We need to be merciful just as our Father is merciful. Let's look back through the text this morning in Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 27. I want us to see first and foremost... That this mission of mercy, let's be honest and let's be real this morning. Number one, it is not an appreciated mission. It is not an appreciated mission. You have to remember what Christ went through. He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. And they gave him grief for it. Earlier on in the passage, Christ heals two individuals and there should be shouts of Hosanna and praise the Lord and, 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 and look what he's done. But because he did it on the Sabbath, Oh, no, 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 we, we've got a problem with that. We've got an issue with that. We can't show mercy. Uh, this is a false, this is someone that we should cast out because they're not following, he's not doing it the way we want it to be done. It's not an appreciated mission, but Christ says, look at verse 27, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do, get, do good to them which hate you. It's love versus hate. That's a tough pill to swallow. It's love versus hate. Instead of reciprocating what I have brought, someone hates me, and I, and I hope in this room that nobody has anybody that, that hates them. I'm, I'm kind of one of those, those uh, people. I, I am a people pleaser by default. My, my mom was actually just talking about it you know, the other night. You know, you are a people pleaser. And, so, and, and, I, I, you know, and, and I hope everybody's okay with that. But, but if I find out that someone's upset with me, and it bothers me, and I would hope that nobody, nobody hates me. Like, I would hate to find that out. I would, I would, it would bother me. But at the same time, if I did find out that someone hated me, it would be very easy. Well, I hate them too. I mean, we'll just give it back, you know? That's our natural, our fleshly reaction. But Christ says it's love versus hate. Verse 28, bless them which curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. It's an easy verse to say. It's a tough verse to live. Blessing versus cursing. 
blessing versus cursing. I don't think I was ever cussed out until I moved to Maryland. Uh, and then, then I found out. And I was like, wow, those are a lot of words. And I had to look up some, and I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And, and it was, wow. It, but it's also very difficult because in the heat of the moment, to turn that back around and say, God bless you. You know, you don't, you don't want to say that. You, you, you want to say something else or, 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 or come up with it. And I don't struggle for words, okay? When I'm getting something coming my way, it's, I don't lock up. My mind goes, oh, here we go, here we go. And it's on now. Like, come on, we'll get into a word battle. Let's go, absolutely. But that's not what Christ says to do. He says, bless instead of curse. You know, I've watched pastor time and time again. If I had a nickel for every time he apologized, boy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please tell me how I can be. And, and he means it. And I've watched that and I'm like, come on, pastor, let him have it. Like, come on, let's go. You know, what do you need? I, I'm in there. Let's, let's have No, but it's mercy. It's blessing versus cursing. It's love versus hate. It's kindness versus retaliation. Verse 29, and the him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer the other also. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. It's one thing when somebody says something to you, or maybe their, their attitude or their disposition, they may hate you. They may not ever say anything about it, but they hate you, and you know that attitude, that disposition is they don't like you. And it's tough to wrestle with that. It gets really tough when they say something about you to your face, and then, well, now i got to say something back. Or they post something on social media, and they're like, they mean that about me, and then you go after them. It's really tough to hold that back response. But Christ even says, and when somebody hits you in the face, turn the other cheek. The sad part is, is that he lives this out. Is that he lives this out on his way to the cross that he turns the other cheek. That he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, I hear it from teenagers all the time. Uh, you know, well, they better, they better get out of my face or they're going to catch these hands. I never understood what that meant. Catch these hands. Like, you're going to throw them your hands? or you, I get, like, there, There's a lot of knuckle sandwich, something, but to catch these hands, it, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, but I'll tell them, like, well, hey, is, is, that, is that what Christ would do? Well, no, but he's not here. Or, or the, and there's always a response. But, but Christ says, hey, turn the other cheek. And, and if they take from you, do you, do you need this also? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you more. Here, I'll, I'll shower blessings upon you. It's giving versus taking. It's kindness versus retaliation. Give, verse 30, give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. By the way, if you're only giving to get, you're, you're not going to get what you think you ought to be given. If you're only giving to get, you're not going to get what you think you ought to be given. You ever, you ever go at a restaurant and you go and pay for your, your check and, and everything and there's that, that very large print bar underneath your total that says tip. Well, it's just right there. And then you ever go to, to write that amount in and you're trying to figure out like it's 10% and so you move the decimal list and then you multiply by A. Well, they did a really good job. We did two, 20%. So we did two and then slide it. And you're a figure. And the whole time the, the person is just over there just, you know, hovering uh, and just watching that. And you're like, ah, 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 uh, you know, uh, I, I'm really having a hard time here. You know, uh, there's an expectation there. I have served you and so now you must bless me. And we walk through life like that a lot. What am I going to get out of this? Maybe you're the person at Christmas that, you know, accidentally leaves the price tag on the gift, right? You know, just wants you to know I love you this many dollars. And, and, and so when the gift comes back your way, uh, you want it reciprocated. You give with an expectation of being given, but Christ says give and then let it go. Give and then let it go. And by the way, if you return blessing versus cursing and kindness versus retaliation, love versus hate and giving versus taking, you are not going to be appreciated for it. 
Just go ahead and, and assume the fact that you're going to do this without any recompense or reward. Mercy acts how everyone should, but hardly anyone does. Mercy encourages our ego and pride to take a back seat. And, and then right in this passage, we find the golden rule, verse 31. This is the first golden rule. There's three in here. You didn't know there was three golden rules, and, and that's why it's coming from me. It's the youth pastor, so take it with a grain of salt. But there's three golden rules in here. Number one, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and as you would men do unto, should do unto you, do also unto them likewise. It, it's doing and blessing and praising and loving and forgiving because you would like people to treat you that way. But sometimes we live off of the mercy that we show to other people. We live off the grace that we show to other people. And if you're not living on much, then you might not be showing much. If It should be one of those things, when you're in your deepest, darkest points, uh, that, that you know you start to wonder, do I have anybody that loves me, anybody that cares about me? Uh, you find out how much you've invested in other people. There have been times throughout the years where Sarah will be in the hospital, or Sarah will be in the hospital, or Sarah will be in the hospital. You see the trend going on here. Sarah's in. But when the family, when the family comes running to our aid, because our mindset is to give without any thought, and, and to serve, and to love, and to bless, and, and to do unto others as we would have them do unto you. And if you find yourself lacking, it might be because you found yourself not giving. So it's not an appreciated mission, number one. Number two, it's not a conditional mission. It's not a conditional mission. Verse 32, for if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. It's not just loving those who love us. It, you know, we have, hopefully you have a lot of friends in this room and you have friends elsewhere and you have, and it's great if you're copacetic with all of them, but, but Christ says that's great, but that's, that's not, you're not even doing your job. Uh, that th sinners do that. People who don't know any better do that. They love those. That, that's a natural reaction is to love those that hate you. Uh, verse uh, 33, and if you do get good to them, which do good to you, what thank have ye for sinners also even the same. It's not just loving those who love us. It's not just doing good to those that do good for us. How quick are you to jump when somebody's in a need and that someone is someone you don't really know? Now, I love, I love seeing that, especially on social media, when someone is going through a difficult time. I love seeing how people jump in to help, jump in to serve, jump in to bless, jump in to do whatever. And, and I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even know how they know this person, and they don't. They don't know this person because they understand that their mission is, it's not conditional on how well I know them, on what they've done for me, on how much they love me. It's conditional on if they're in my path. I, I need to serve. I need to help. It's not only lending when we can receive. Verse 34, if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again. Mercy acts the same way to each and every person, regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of righteousness, regardless, regardless of, of, of anything. Mercy acts the same way to the family member who, who loves you so much, but they've done this thing. You know, I think if mercy was more prevalent in our lives, that there are marriages, there are uh, uh, parent-to-child relationships, there's extended families, there are families that would stay a lot more tight-knit because mercy was alive and well. Because mercy was displayed first instead of uh, vengeance or revenge. It's, it's mercy to, uh, to the, uh, the individuals in our life that probably don't know any better. Those random individuals 
those, those random individuals that are driving down 695, and we know there's traffic on 695. We all know there's construction on 695 because it's 695. Uh, we all know that at some point, we're going to have to merge, aren't we? Yes. Blessed are the mergeful, so that, but they shall obtain merging. And you know as you're driving down the road and it says construction in three miles and two miles and one mile and that car's just sitting in that lane and you know and you're looking at them and you're looking at their bumper going, you, you got to get over. Like you got to get over. Like you, what, you've got to get over. And you're trying to like run their plates and find out who they are, get their cell phone and text them. You need to get over. You know, and, and you're watching and sure enough, here comes you know, uh, uh, 1,500 feet and 1,000 and 500 feet and five feet and that car goes, I think I need to get over. And they go to slide over and mercy shows up and we say, I'm going to pump the brakes and let them on in. Flash the headlights. Give them, I love you in Christ. I hate you in the flesh. I love you in Christ. (laughs) Slide on over. Mercy is not conditional. It shows up in in, uh, those that need it the most, whether it's our family members or random individuals. It shows up in other Christians as well. I think sometimes we find it easier to forgive people we don't know and show mercy to people we don't know than it is to forgive and show mercy to people that we know. The people in this room, if we're just going to be real and honest this morning. I, I, don't, I don't get how we as Christians can be unmerciful. An offended Christian, it's kind of like an oxymoron, isn't it? I mean, really, and to be offended and to be a Christian is kind of an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense like, like good, fat-free ice cream, right? Oxymoron, does not make sense. Comfortable, slim-fit jeans, no, nope, doesn't make sense, absolutely not. The original chicken sandwich, oxymoron, it doesn't make sense. And to be a Christian and to be offended, to be so bent out of shape because someone else in your family, in your Christian family, a brother or sister in Christ has offended you that you're not going to fellowship with them. You're not going to communicate with them. You are going to write them off. And it's tough because sometimes you know they know better and they know you know better. But we get locked up over such trivial things. They sat in my pew. Well, we've really locked it down there. So it's not just now they sat in my pew, but they sat in my row number and my seat number. Now we've really got really, really, but that is my seat. It's not even the pew now. It's the specific seat. And we get so locked up and, and the mercy that we should be showing to fellow Christians stays right with us because we feel justified in our response. It's not an appreciated mission. It's not a conditional mission. Here's golden rule number two. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be called the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and the evil. The golden rule number one, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Golden rule number two is do unto others and let God do for you. You do what you're supposed to do and let me take care of it. You show the kindness that I've called you to show and I'll take care of it. We have parents in here today. You know this with your children. Oh, goodness, I have four in the home and I hear this all the time come out of my mouth. I just need you to do what you're supposed to do and let me take care of your siblings, okay? Uh, uh, Kate, our daughter, our oldest daughter, as she's convinced she's the next mom. She's mom 2.0 or something like that. And she's Kurt Cameron and Caroline and Kurt Cameron and Caroline, Kurt Cameron. And it's like, you just need to do what you need to do. All right. And I will take care of the other ones. Oh, they're this and they're that. And, and I don't care because you're so bent out of shape dealing with what you don't even need to be dealing with that now I've got to deal with you. 
and they're getting away scot-free. She'll come in hollering about one of the boys eating ice cream, and they're not supposed to eat ice cream, and I've got to focus all this attention on her. They finished off the bowl. They're done. <laughs> it's not an appreciated mission. It's not a conditional mission. Lastly, this morning, it's not a suggested mission. It's not a suggested mission. Verse 36. Be ye therefore merciful. Be merciful. I need you to be merciful. You are going to face opposition. It's not going to be appreciated. You are going to try to put conditions on it and say, well, they did this and they did that, and that is not the mission. You need to show it whether it's appreciated. No matter what the condition is, I need you to do this for me. I need you to be me in this situation. Be therefore merciful as your Father is also merciful. We do what the Father does. Our Father is mercy. Our Father is forgiveness. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. I love this. My mom actually sent this to me this week. She knew what I was going to be talking about. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. Forgiveness does not excuse their behavior. I can't forgive them because they need to realize what they've done. It doesn't excuse their behavior. It prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. So be the Father. Be merciful. Be forgiveness. Our Father is generous. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Golden rule number three, give mercy unto others and watch the same thing happen to you. As soon as we figure out whatever it is that is keeping us from showing mercy, this trivial thing, whatever this, this spiritual blockage that we have that needs to be broken up, that needs to be removed, as soon as we figure out what that is, we can start showing mercy to other people. We can start pouring mercy uh, into that family member that loves us just as much as we love them. And you know what? They're human, and they didn't mean to forget your birthday, but it is. It happened, and, and you had a lot of birthdays, and so it's not necessarily their fault. It's our opportunity to pour uh, mercy into our coworker, which, yeah, they were late today, but you don't realize they got three screaming kids that don't like them, and they just need a little bit of mercy to make it through the day, and they'll be your best friend forever. That random individual that clearly learned how to drive, uh, you know, never, and so now they're driving around the highway, and, and we've got the opportunity to pour mercy into their life. And then there's that fellow Christian. Mm. They know better. They should not have done that thing. And they're acting all high and mighty and pious and they're teaching a life group and they're doing this and they're singing on the praise team and there they are just living. And sometimes they don't even know. So show mercy. So I'm going to pour mercy into their life because I want to be Christ living through me. I want to be merciful just as my Father is merciful. See, the problem is a lot of times we're afraid to pour out mercy because you know we're not sure what's going to happen if we pour it out into every individual but you know what i'm reminded of what david says in first chronicles he says oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good his mercy endureth forever he says with the merciful thou will show thyself merciful with the upright thou will show thyself upright he also says surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He says, cup runneth over too. Uh, he says, he has showed thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require thee, but to do justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. He also says in lamentation, is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They are good and new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness for God. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. If that's not mercy, I don't know what mercy is. And if we don't realize that the little bit of mercy that we need to show is just a fraction of what's been poured out upon us, we are missing the point. Back in 1943, you were trying to figure out if that bomber made it back, didn't you? You were Googling Franz Stigler and Charlie Brown, weren't you? I know, I've been there. 1943, trying to make it back to Allied airspace. Lieutenant Charlie Brown, eight airmen, airmen and, and Franz Stigler is lined up for the kill and he realizes that he's looking at this B-17 and it is so shot full of holes. He can see the crewmen running around, uh, wrapping their fellow crewmen in bandages. He can see uh, them trying to patch and repair the airplane, trying to just get it to Allied airspace. And Franz Stigler, a decorated ace with every right and responsibility to end the lives of those men for all that they've done to his countrymen and to his country, called back to his training as a a young uh, pilot. And uh, he had an instructor who told them, if I ever see you shoot down a plane that is just trying to land safely or shoot down an unarmed plane, or if I ever see you shoot at a man in a parachute just trying to make it to the ground, when you get back on the ground, I will shoot you myself. Show mercy. And so as Charlie Brown, Lieutenant Charlie Brown is at the controls and he's waiting for his plane to get lit up with uh, anti-aircraft fire and that, that Messerschmitt one more time is going to end their lives to his shock and amazement, nothing happened. And he looked out the left wing of his plane and there is Franz Stigler parallel with the plane flying fighter escort and pointed ahead, pointed towards Allied airspace and began to fly fighter escort showing mercy when there was no cause or reason for mercy. As they got closer to the anti-aircraft guns and German uh, anti-aircraft fire, Franz Stigler moved his plane within feet of the B-17 so that the anti-aircraft guns couldn't shoot one without hitting the other. And they flew all the way back to Sweden, all the way back to Allied airspace. And instead of, of eight telegra- uh, nine telegraphs going home saying, we're sorry, sorry to inform you, uh, those men landed safely. And instead of those telegraphs, they got Christmas cards. Hey, daddy's home safe. We're back on base and we made it through. Instead of those nine men, uh, ten men going home in body bags, instead they made it back. They survived the war. All of them made it through the war and made it back to their homes in the United States. And in 1990... After years of searching, when Lieutenant Charlie Brown finally tracked down Lieutenant Franz Stigler, they greeted each other as old friends, not as old enemies, all because a mission of mercy. Church family, we've got a lot of mercy to show. Whatever it is that's stopping us, whatever it is that's holding us back, let's take the lid off.